Hello and welcome to Smart Businesses Do This. I'm your host, Adam Lyons, where today I am joined by somebody who not only is like a huge hero of mine, one of my mentors, somebody I'm privileged enough to be able to call when I need help. And I'm telling you now that this man single-handedly changed my entire view of business and does so every time I see him. The one, the only, Perry Belcher. You are listening to Smart Businesses Do This, the podcast show for freelancers, side hustlers, and upcoming small business owners who want to transform their current business or business idea into a company that is built to succeed, simple to run, and gives you the freedom to live your life on your own terms. I'm your host, Adam Lyons. Let's get started. What's up, Perry? What do you know, bro? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. So, I'm up in uh, Canada right now. You in Canada? I was just enough. there. Which part? Yeah, I'm in, Can- I'm in Canada. I'm just outside Toronto about, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know where I'm at. I'm in a, I'm in a fern country, so I don't have any idea. <laughs> they talk funny up here. Yeah. But no, it's, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful right now. The time of the year to come. I don't want to come here in the winter, so. Yeah, no, I was. I literally, I was in Vancouver two days ago. I just got back. So, where you really? Yeah, I'm outside Toronto, about about uh, an hour and a half outside Toronto. It's just gorgeous. By the all by the uh, lake, uh, Lake Ontario on the beach. There's beaches here. I know any other beaches in Canada. <laughs> yeah, there they, it's snow instead of sand. Other than that, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, Perry, just for people listening that that maybe don't know who you are, which I find almost impossible to believe, if anybody's you know interested in business on the internet, um, how did how did you get your start in this crazy world of business, and why is it that you're um, one of the most cutting edge, um, you know, on the edge, amazing business marketers, and yet you're the one that um, has the least bad reputation, which is that's so shocking. damn that, that's so damn old. <laughs> <laughs> How can you be that damn old and keep up with things? Um, yeah, uh, you know, I don't know. I I kind of I've got a theory now. I'll, I will if we get time, I'll talk to you about that. Yeah. But um, I started out. I, I grew up with a, my mom was a single mom, and uh, uh, she had literally the shittiest job in the world. She changed bedpans in a nursing home. Okay. Uh, and uh, was, you know, we were very, very poor. I grew up in a housing project. And, and uh, I don't know, there was just something about me uh, that was different. I was just kind of wired differently than the rest of my family, the rest of my friends. And, and I think I know why now. You know, like I said, we can talk about that if you want to. But, uh, but I'm just, I'm just kind of wired differently. And, and I didn't really ever have a lot of goals. And I still don't. Um, I just uh, know I don't want to be poor. You know, I watched my mom suffer just brutally um with poverty and and uh that was just i was just sure by the time i was probably eight years old i didn't care what i did or what i had to do i wasn't going to be poor and um i'm watching this new video i'm watching this new series now on billy the kid and it was it's amazing because the uh, his dad died early and his mom was very poor and he he robbed banks because he wasn't going to be poor he didn't he didn't really want to i didn't rob banks but you know close a couple of times but uh but anyway so i just started hustling and doing stuff you know i got kicked out of school when i was 13 years old for selling stuff to the other kids in in junior high school and you're not supposed to do that because they don't want schools don't want you to learn enterprise because that'd be awful and uh by the time i was uh 18 i had uh by the time i was 19 years old i had 42 jewelry stores <laughs> if you can believe that i couldn't buy a beer yet so 
really weird. Uh, I got, I, I quit school two weeks before graduation because they weren't going to let me walk with my class because I'd missed so many days out selling stuff. Uh, and I, I got in a debate with the principal of the high school and it turned out I made three times more money than she did that year. <laughs> oh my, so and, uh, and, uh, so I didn't feel like I was missing a lot there. So, um, trying college a little bit, wasn't for me. So I just went out and started hustling like crazy. And I think if anything else, I'm just too stupid to know when to quit. You know, I, I, uh, I've fallen off the horse a lot. I mean, I've had some big falls off the horse, you know, uh, and whatever. The next day I get up, get back on and do my voodoo that I do. You know? I, uh, I, I, I gotta raise, raise a point to your character. Cause, um, I'm, I'm a huge fan of you. I don't, I don't know if you know how much of a fan of you, but I am. And, and Roland Frazier, who, you know, you've done deals in the past and you guys are partners. Yeah, of course. And, um, one of my favorite stories about you, I didn't hear from you. I heard from Roland. And it was covering Roland doing a negotiation with somebody and he kept driving down the price of the purchase of the company. And he's like, and Perry couldn't listen because I wouldn't he, go in the room. Yeah. The last day I wouldn't go into final negotiation. That's exactly it. Was just, it. <laughs> it was just too harsh. I just, I'm just too damn nice a guy. I'm like, and you know what? That guy that we bought that coming from was a super asshole. He oh. turned out to be the worst business partner ever. Roland was a thousand percent right. And, <laughs> oh my gosh. It was just, I think for every dollar we made there, we spent three, you know, right, it was yeah. a terrible deal, but uh, oh, it yeah. taught me a lot. That was my first acquisition deal. Yeah, it was really, this is what I love about you is if, if we were to put you both on stage and be like, which of these two people is the really nice, friendly, super ethical, nice guy. I think that most people would lean towards Roland because you've got this, you know, abrasive sometimes, um, way oh, about God. things, but you've just got like a heart of gold, dude. And I, it just comes across time and time again, every time I see you. And I, I love that about you. I, I, cause that's me. Like I've got that same thing. And Roland's always telling me like, I need to be a little bit more cutthroat and I just can't. I, I, I got it. a real soft spot for entrepreneurs. You know, that's my thing. I think that cause I've been one forever and it's so damn hard. So I feel bad. You know, I felt bad for this guy and Roland's going in at the last minute to, to just, <laughs> take the last couple of months out of his pocket he was going to get. And I'm like, I just can't do it. I just can't do it. I'm going to go to my room. I'm going to go to the bathroom or something. I'll be, you know, I used to, when Ryan and I would be negotiating, I'm the world's worst negotiator. I mean, Roland is without doubt the best negotiator I've ever met. I'm a terrible negotiator. I, I come out with my lowest offer that I'm willing to accept <laughs> and I won't go from there at all. I'm like, look, you know, you're probably thinking I want a million. I'll do 420,000 and not a penny less. And then we were going to give you the million, you know, I, I'm just a terrible negotiator. It's not my strong suit. I, I need to be like too damn much, you know, that's my problem. So, so what do you, and I, I do definitely want to dive into like why you think you've got this edge, but just before that, what are you doing now? Because I know for a while and for everyone watching, you did this like the weirdest event in the world. And then you're on a mission to acquire a number of, uh, of specific strategic companies. And I know you recently yeah. been talking a lot about, you know, service industry. Well, not the service industry, but. Yeah. Um, yeah fill me in. I, I've, I've got four primary companies that I own and operate. I really wish I had zero. Uh, I'm on a mission to give away more equity. <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm doing the opposite of what everybody else is doing, I think. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not really a great business operator, to be frank. I have to have a good operational partner in order to be successful. So I got partners in everything. Um, 
I own a company called Scalewind that's growing like a weed. It's a uh, managed outsource company. So we manage outsource teams for other people. Uh, we recruit, manage those teams. And uh, that, that business is doing great since nobody will go to work. It's perfect. Uh, you know, so we're, we're growing over there 200, 300% year over year. So we're doing great. Um, I'll have an exit over there, hopefully in the next 24 months. Um, and then, uh, uh, you know, I've got the media companies that I think I'm going to sell, actually. I think I'm going to sell the media companies and kind of move away from that lower ticket business. Um, I'm back into teaching. I'm doing those events. I'm doing, you know, I'm doing those events. I'm doing some higher dollar workshops. I'm doing some higher ticket um, stuff for, you know, really qualified people that already have great cash flow and that can, you know, I can go in the, you know, my, my sweet spot's a $2 million to $3 million company and driving that company to 10 to 20 million in 24 months. That's kind of what I like doing. Um, I've got six of those deals now. I want eight. I only ever want eight and I've got six and uh, two of them have already doubled. Uh, one of them's tripled since I got involved with them. So, um, you know, that's the stuff that kind of turns me on. I've got a manufacturing company that I like. Uh, I've got a, uh, a startup in the software space, uh, a little different. We're buying old pieces of software and rebuilding them in new technology like React, making making something that people already like and need just work better. So we're kind of doing rehabs of software, which is kind of a weird thing. And uh, you know, I have to be doing a lot of shit. You know, I just don't have the. I don't have the. I got about a twenty-five minute attention span if I try real hard. You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so I got to be doing something else. Uh, 10 minutes later. So that's kind of what I do. And, you know, I got a small group of people that I mentor with. I really only work with people for the most, I was only working with people I was a partner. I'd kind of made a policy. I wasn't going to do any more advisory unless I was a partner. And I've kind of gotten away from that. I'm doing some more advisory now uh, because there's some people that I don't really want to be in business with, but they can use the help and I can do a different kind of deal, some sort of rev share deal or something. And those are, since I started, Turn, I probably turned down $2 million worth of fees last year that I just, you know, I was sitting around one day thinking, yeah, I sure would like to buy another, I want to buy another Rolls Royce, and, but I don't want to lease, I'll lease my last one. I want to buy the next one. So I'm going to get another one. So going to cash for it. And I don't want to, I want to do it out of this funny money that I don't need at all. And that's yeah. like 440 grand. So like, I should, you know, I would just taken a few of those advisories. I could have <laughs> bought three or four Rolls Royces by now, just off last year or so. I think uh, it's the Rolls Royce method of uh, motivation. <laughs> I'm going to name. I'm going to sell the course. You know, yeah. I got to sell that that Rolls Royce method course later. I'm, I'll have to call it the RR method not to get sued. That's so good. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So, what's your superpower, Barry? What do you, because you got a 25 minute span. You know, so that's not it. Um, I think no, it's not it at all. I don't. I don't run companies well. Uh, I got a 25 minute attention span. I'm insanely curious. I'm never, ever, 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 ever satisfied, which is a blessing and a curse. I've learned a lot about myself in the last year based on that, really based on that one big aha that I'm just never satisfied with anything, which can, you got to learn how to manage that or drive you crazy. And I know a lot of stuff. I'm a generalist, you know, I've been studying. I've been at this for you. I've been selling online since the year after Jeff Bezos started Amazon. 
And actually before then, because I sold on, so you wouldn't even know what this is, but I used to sell on something called BBSs, bulletin board systems. We would share and sell downloadable software on these little things where you'd have a modem going, yeah, yeah, in the background, you know, and it would take you an hour to download the dumbest little piece of software in the world. And if you sneeze, the whole thing broke, you know, <laughs> um, but I was doing that, you know, forever. Um, I bought a computer when the PC junior came out, which was like, I don't know, 1982. Nice. I bought a computer. So I've been on a computer for longer than your audience. Almost collectively has been a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All here, you know, and I started coding and I started designing. I can do a little bit of everything. You know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a good copywriter. I'm a pretty good designer. I can build funnel flows, I'm logic. I'm really good at branding. I'm really good at um, at finding a hole in the market. I'm really good at figuring out uh, an unserved market. And I think those are probably the the skills that I have. I'm great at driving top line growth, um, but I will absolutely put you into bankruptcy if you don't control me because I I go growth nuts but i can grow stuff you know beyond which is many people one's one's wildest imagination i can really grow we wrote ron and i bought a company from a guy that was doing thirty thousand dollars a month and in a year i had it doing three hundred and sixty thousand a month and the following year we were doing three million a month wow yeah in a market that i absolutely hate (laughs) isn't that funny i never liked the business still no i still own it (laughs) <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I really hate it. It's just not me at all. What would you say is the key to that growth? Because this is the thing that so many companies struggle with is like that growth. I think that, you know, um, somebody asked me the other day, this, I always get this question. I think it's the dumbest question anybody ever asked anybody. I don't know if you ask this on your podcast or not, but a lot of podcasters do when I do podcasts. So what are you most excited about right now? Yeah, no, I never. And <laughs> I'm most excited about doing a lot more of the shit that's already working. Yep. You know? <laughs> So I think that people, you know, you should experiment a lot. You know, um, this lady, uh, Shirley Tan's a great friend of mine, said one time, we've been, we know each other five years and we're flying on a plane to China one day. She said, I think I just figured you out. So you're an oil well. You're, you're like a wildcatter. You just go around drilling a lot of holes in the ground until you see a little bit of oil on the end of the tip. Yeah. And then you go really do it. So I'm willing to take a lot of at-bats. You know, so when I go into a company, I'm calling these founders every week going, hey, dude, let's try this. Let's try this. Let's try this. Let's try this. And it kind of drives them crazy. But the ones that um, the ones that are OK with it and I, I tell them up, you know, up front what I do, um, we'll piddle around. We might hit three or four dry holes and then, you know, we hit one that just knocks it out of the park. And then we go really, really, really deep. I think that people I think that most people. Uh, are really good at um, protecting their downside, but they're really not good at optimizing their upside. So if they if you get if you get an offer in this market to work, um, that's a rarity. You know, people don't understand. They so many people in this business have stumbled across an offer. It's worked for them, and they're like, "Well, I'm a, my sister has an offer. She spends five hundred dollars a day on it." She spends $500 a day in traffic. She has for 13 years. I created the website for her 13 years ago. She spends $500 a day and she makes two grand every day. And it's still working 13 years later. 13 years later. Great. I'm not going to say what it is. It's a great little business for her. Because everyone was and, copying. But if it, it, it's seasonal. So it only works about seven months out of the year. But 
but she could spend two thousand, three thousand dollars a day, but she just won't. <laughs> She's just too risk averse. So she could make, she could have made millions of dollars by now. And she's made hundreds of thousands of dollars and accumulated a lot of money and paid off her head. You know, she does very well, but I don't understand that. You know, uh, I, my, my theory is starve the ponies and feed the stallions. Yep. And it's, it's a zero sum game. Either the damn thing works or it doesn't. If it works, you, if it, if it doesn't work, cut it early, risk very little. You know, I try not to risk any more than a thousand bucks on a test. And, I'll, but I may do 200 tests a year where somebody else does three, yeah, makes sense. right? You're not going to, you're not going to find, if you want a wildcat for oil, these wildcatters in Texas, right? They go on instinct, right? These old wildcatters, they say, man, I think there's hole. In, I think there's oil in that hole over there based on my experience. So they just drill and they'll only drill down so far and they'll go out. Well, we don't see any evidence of oil. So we're going to pull up. We're going to go drill over there. And they may drill 100 wells a year where Exxon will come in, spend a billion dollars with 9,000 geologists. And, you know, and, 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 you know, Exxon long haul probably comes out better because they're more capitalized. But the old wildcatter knows that if he only drills two wells a year, his odds of winning are very, very, very low. He's got to drill a lot of holes, you know. And then when he gets one, drill deep, pump hard. And that's what I do. I had a, a friend of mine worked closely with Elon Musk. And he said that one of the most frustrating things about Elon Musk, he's like, Adam is exactly the trait that you have. And he's like, you start doing something. And the minute you start getting results, if they're not what you want, you shift instantly. Meanwhile, yeah, of course. Yeah, right. We Why wouldn't want to catch up. Why yeah. wouldn't you? Yeah. And they're like, we want to finish what you've outlined, but you've no. won already. Yeah. And I, no. I have, for many years, I didn't like that quality about myself because I kept hearing from people, don't do it, yeah. don't do it. But when I do it, I make lots of money. And so I'm like, no, I keep doing this. If you, yeah, if you bake fun. cakes, if you bake cakes and they taste like shit, switch to tacos. You know, <laughs> you know, you yeah, it's hard to fuck up a taco. This ground right? meat isn't working <laughs> in this cake. I'm just, you know, it's just it's silly. You know, people do it all the time. There's well, damn it, I'm gonna start. I'm a, it's your parents going, you better finish what you start. And you gotta remember your parents were broke. You know, we're so freaking broke and they're giving you financial advice, you know, it just doesn't work that way in the real world. Yeah. Yeah. You moving fast is like one of the, which is one of the things I admire about you because you're, you're always innovating, always doing new things, which is, you know, so I think it drives people crazy. Oh, it's great. It's the best. It drives people bad shit. Drives people bad shit. The most successful people I know, that's what they do. They're constantly, you know, bouncing and doing new things. Yeah. My question is, do you have a framework or a structure once you've done it? Or is it always just try, try, try? Oh, God, no. No, 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 never. I mean, you, you learn a series of, uh, you know, everybody has a playbook, yeah. right? I, I know, I, I tell partners a lot of times, you know, you're not partnering with me or paying me for what I know. Um, you're paying me for all the, you're not just paying for, for what I can do, but I can tell you all the things that aren't going to work. Cause I've screwed up so many things, you know, I've, I know I've tried so many things, you know, it's the old Edison theory. You know, I know, I know, I know 10,000 ways to not make a light bulb. Right. <laughs> so when you, you know, it's, that's, that's the difference in experience and wisdom and intelligence. You know, I'm not, I'm not that intelligent a guy as compared to a lot of other people. There's a lot of people wicked smarter than me. Um, uh, but I'm willing to go in the ring and get my nose bloody 
a thousand times to figure out how that swing works on the other guy, you know, and eventually I'll learn to beat that swing and then I'll, I'll move on. And that's one less thing I got away. So when I work with new folks, that's kind of like, I can look at their stuff nine times out of 10. And you know, and the great thing of the way I do business, I take very small equity pieces, not like I'm not a greedy guy. I take very small equity pieces and, uh, and I buy them. I pay for them. Um, I don't try to get them for free. I don't want to get them for free. And, uh, you know, I can look at a business and tell what I'm going to be able to do to it in the first 90 days yep. before I ever uh, ink the paper. And I'm, I'm like a lawyer. I don't want to, or a lawyer, or, uh, a doctor, or an actor. I don't want to take on parts that are going to suck. I don't want to take on bad scripts. I don't want to take on cases I'm going to lose. Yep. And uh, uh, I only take on, I'll look at 100 deals to do, you know, ask for 10 and maybe get five. You know, some people don't want to do a ask for but it takes a lot of deal flow. That's the reason I still do the events and I still do the teaching stuff. I don't make shit for money from that compared to what I make from other stuff. But it it creates a really nice uh, deal flow for me, and it keeps me. Uh, it also keeps me constantly studying because I don't want to get up in front of a bunch of people and go, "Yeah, everybody knew that three years ago." You know, I don't want to be. I don't want to be that poser guy that's or somebody that's teaching out of a book something they haven't done. Mm-hmm. You know, everything that I teach people. I use my whole business as a big Petri dish of experimentation, all my businesses, you know? So when I'm teaching them something, something I've done, I've got a result from, um, you know, like the AI stuff that we did. It was kind of fun. Super fun. Yeah. That was so so, good. yeah it's funny. Um, I've got like uh, two um, sort of like phrases that pop up while talking to you in my head. And I, I don't know if you know these, maybe you do, because you, you know, being around a few hundred years, you mentioned. Um, but one of them. <laughs> <laughs> the world's of, oldest man. Yeah, so one of them I love is, I'm not sure if you know, the master is the master because they have failed more times than the apprentice has ever attempted to succeed. Oh, 100%. I, there's, a, there's a really great, um, I, was, I was watching something the other day. Uh, this kid comes home to his dad. I was on some show. And he said, Dad, I'm sorry that I failed. And he says, he says don't you compliment yourself like that. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't fail. If you failed, I'd be proud of you. You didn't try, son. And man, that was like, holy shit to me. Cause you, cause really be proud of your failures where I'm like a badge of honor. I don't care if I win or I lose as long as I learn. When we try something in the business and, and I don't get data, that's the only time I get mad. Mm-hmm. If we try something or anybody in the group wants to try a thing, let's try it. We don't put a lot of money yet, but let's try it. Lose a thousand bucks, 2000 bucks. Who gives a shit? We learn something, right? When we do things and we lose money, uh, the, most of the time when we lose money by doing experiments because we didn't have good controls and we didn't learn anything either. And then I'm pissed off. Then I'm really pissed off. You lost 10 grand of my money or 20 grand of my money and you can't tell me why. You can't give me any data points. Because um, I, I write that stuff in journals and keep logs of every... We, we have a log of every email we've sent in the last nine years. I know every email's response to every list. I know open rates, click rates, things like that, what the audience liked, what they didn't like. And we can go back to that well because we create those controls. Um, and, and so many people call themselves marketers aren't marketers at all. Marketers have controls. They know their mathematics. You know, um, When I have people come into my office, pay me 20 grand a day to, for me to fix their ills, uh, if I don't hammer on them, 
90% of them would show up not having any idea what their break-even numbers are, what their conversion rates are, what their sell rates are, what their average revenue per client is. They don't know any of that. And they're calling themselves marketers. And a lot of them are teaching marketing to people, <laughs> you know, I'm going to go teach you marketing, but I don't know my own damn numbers. You know, marketing is just about two things. It's about emotions and mathematics. That's the only two things that matter in the marketing world. And if you don't have the math, you're going to lose, dude. Yeah. I love this. And again, like, if, you know, if we were listening to you at the beginning, we talk about entrepreneurship and a 25-minute attention span. But now you're talking about data and knowing your numbers. You know, it's clear. It's, it's not, you know, there is a madness, but there's clearly a method to it. And, and you know the pieces you need to know, uh, which does bring up the other one. Have you, um, you ever heard the, you know, jack of all trades, master of none? Have you heard of the Yeah, but there's a complete word? phrase. Yeah, it's better than a master of none, right? Right, yeah. exactly. I think generalists, you know, so many of that, those things, people talk, hey, Perry, I was on a Clubhouse thing last year when Clubhouse was the big deal. And mm-hmm. somebody says, you know, hey, Perry, I've always heard the, ni- the, the riches are in the niches. What do you think of that? And I said, I think it rhymes. Um, <laughs> doesn't mean it's right. Most of that shit doesn't. If it rhymes, you can almost be sure it's not true. <laughs> it's like, it's just some idiot made it up and, you know, it's stuck because enough people could remember to repeat it. You know, I, I don't know. You know, it just, it flabbergasts me the people that stumble across. Because uh, this world is so rich. There's so much money flowing in the world, even as we're coming into, you know, what probably will be recession and, and slowing down. We're still living the richest life. Our our, our, not our ancestors, our last generation 40 years ago couldn't have fathomed <laughs> the riches and rich lifestyles that we lead on relatively modest incomes. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to, you can have so many things now without a whole lot of money. Just millionaires had, you know. It's, it's so funny. I, I love that you mentioned the, uh, the recession thing, mostly because I, I want this on record. Um, I, I don't believe this is happening. I, I've got I've got a lot of evidence that I am I'm pretty sure that what we think is is a recession that's quote unquote coming isn't going to happen. Um, I think my my personal opinion, and I want to say it, and you know, you call me out if I'm totally wrong on this in a, in a few months' time. But um, we have a housing shortage still. Um, sure. We still have mass amounts of jobs available, and we still don't have people going to grab them. And in a recession, people are looking for jobs. That's the problem they can't sure. find. These two factors alone, I believe, completely offset. What I think we're seeing, and I've got a lot of data on this. Again, like you said, numbers, I looked into it. Um, actually, I hired an economist to do this calculation. I've got a PDF if you want to see afterwards. But, I'd love um, to. Yeah, yeah I, I'll, I'll totally, I'll text it to you after I'll share it to you. But basically, there was a huge spike straight after lockdown where everything kicked in because people wanted to go out and spend and they wanted to go and travel and do all these events. Well, we're, still I, not, we're still not back. We're still not down the markets are exactly. still not down to the levels that they were pre-pandemic. So exactly. you're absolutely right. We just, if you- We're if feeling it down, but yeah. it's not a down-down. It's just going back to where it yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. A 1980 Ford Ranger pickup truck was worth $4,000 before the pandemic, and it's worth $8,000 now. Well, it ain't really worth $8,000. That's just what somebody's willing to pay for it. Right. You know, pretty soon it'll be worth two grand. You know, because it will, the markets will come down. Every, do you know what a Bollinger Band is? I don't, but I would love to know. Look up Bollinger Bands. It's a pretty interesting, um, there's a thing in the stock in the stock trading world. I used to day trade a lot, and there's something called Bollinger Bands. So there's these two bands. I'm holding my fingers. Yep, see me? But there's two bands, and then there's a line that runs between these two bands. Mm-hmm. And they're almost like rubber bands. 
right? So a stock will go up and down okay. along these bands. I didn't know the name of it, but I do know the thing. That you yeah. Yep. So what will happen is when a stock breaks out and goes up out of the bands, it almost always, with a relatively short period of time, will spring back down and go below the bottom band, and then it'll push back up right back to the mean. Okay. If you if you take a if you take a poor person uh, and and let them win a hundred million dollars, we made not hundred million, let them win five million dollars in the lottery. Uh, a few years from now, they'll be broke again. Chances are, if you take a millionaire, a successful person, and they go broke from some unforeseen incident, a couple of years later, they're back, you know, to being a millionaire and maybe better because they learned a lesson, right? And um, you know, we we return to our mean for the most part, and and we grow gradually. We have to stretch those bands out gradually. If we don't, there's a recoil effect. So when you when everything's been overpriced and undershorted, and I saw that Biden yesterday is is going to probably release those those Trump tariffs, which were a terrible idea, and that'll bring inflation down a little bit. They'll they'll make adjustments for it. And frankly, like you said. The population is growing. They're going to have to have a place to live. They're going to have to have a car to drive. There is there now longer term. I think there's a whole different argument uh, because uh, robotics and artificial intelligence are going to eliminate the bottom half of all jobs. Yep. So uh, there's going to be amazing opportunity in reeducation. There's going to be um, amazing opportunity in robotics, artificial intelligence, machine learning, things like that. There's not going to be so much opportunity in flipping burgers, right? Because the robot's going to flip the burgers, all those jobs that nobody wants. But that's also going to drive inflation down because things are going to cost us. If you can process your chickens at Tyson with a, a series of chicken processing robots, and they they already got it. Mm-hmm. You know, I read a story the other day you find interesting. Uh, that I think it's an enterprise battery. They make car batteries in uh, Arkansas. And they were paying people $35,000 a year, and they could assemble about 100 car batteries a day. That was a person's job and put together a hundred car batteries. Nice. Uh, back 10, 15 years ago, they bought a robot for $1.2 million. And the robot could do the same job, much to their errors. But when you looked at the amortization cost of 34,000 uh, bucks a year for a person or 1.2 million for a robot, it was 30 years to get your money back. Guess what that robot costs? Oh my God. hundred grand? $32,000 and it can do 400 batteries a day. So they're out of, you can buy, you know, you can buy a really high tech robotic arm, like a real one now on Amazon for 3,200 bucks with a controller. No, you can't. You can, you can buy four for $12,000. You can build you a four axle robot and make it do all kinds of crazy stuff with really incredible amounts of power. That's amazing. So you robotics, robotics are going to change the world. I don't, I don't, uh, I might be dead by then. I don't know, but I don't know what to tell my kids to do. Uh, Somebody's going to be selling the damn robots. Learn to sell something. That's, that's yeah. a secret. There will always be something that needs to be sold. You know, somebody's going to sell them robots. <laughs> so I know I, I love this. I, I agree. I, everything I've ever seen about this, I, I love predicting stuff in advance. I predicted the, uh, the pandemic would be 18 months. I got that on record on a podcast. And so this is me officially saying it isn't going to happen. Everything I've seen says the recession happens. And there will be one, but it says between 28 and 30 is when it's likely to happen. Um, and a lot of the data is, is pointing to that. And it kind of fits because we should believe there's one coming now. 
And when it doesn't come, everyone gets super confident and that's when it hits big and hard. Yeah. That's tip and kind of what you're saying about the Bollinger Bands, if I got the right, that would kind of fit because it bounces yeah. up and then goes. Boof, it goes right back down and it'll come back up to the mean, you know? So you're, yeah. I think you're going to see a short term, you know, a pretty ugly, you know, you see a little bit of ugliness short term, mm-hmm. but then, you know, you'll be, you'll be fine. And, and you will probably will see a spike back up beyond the mean. Yeah. I love, I love this. You're, you're so knowledgeable about all this stuff. All right. So before we go in a, in a minute, um, I, I'd love to sort of like, you know, um, find out where people can, can learn more about you and obviously hear what you think smart businesses do. But before that, you sure. mentioned early on about you think you know why you're successful. And yeah, to- uh, yeah, it's interesting. I know why I'm successful and I know why I failed in a lot of areas of my life that aren't necessarily business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been reading a lot of studies about um, this. Uh, there's a gene. I've just created a small group for this. There's a gene in about 10% of people. It's not, it's not really a gene. It's a mutation in about 10% of the population um, that uh, we're just wired differently. We use the back of our brain for most of our thinking rather than the front. And it really comes from us not evolving from uh, to the uh, during the agricultural revolution, hunters became farmers and our brains developed to be better farmers, right? Which means you stay put, you stay in one place. Um, you, you know, you get used to a routine. Um, you get satisfaction from very small wins. Um, you're, can, you're easily contented, right? Um, you know, the hunter, uh, the predecessor of the farmer, the hunter was nomadic, um, they didn't trust. They didn't like farmers. They didn't trust people who didn't hunt. They only hung out with other hunters. Like think about you know masterminds and stuff. We feel very comfortable in a group of other hunters. Um, I'm definitely a hunter. You know, I'm definitely a hunter who never evolved to be a farmer. But the problem with it, it leaves you, you know, typically speaking, um, out of that ten percent of people, about half of them end up. Um, uh, you know, they have very addictive personalities. They get diagnosed with ADHD, ADD, other things and get treated for it. They, they have lots of shame, weird because they don't fit in because they can't communicate with, with everyone else. And, and all the, all these other folks, the, the thing is we are, we are hunters living in a farmer's world. It is a farmer's world, right? Cause 90% of people are farmers, but, um, so we're, we're oftentimes outcasts, right? If you go all the way to the other spectrum of the hunter, you've got serial killers, narcissistic, psychotic, criminal masterminds, and all this stuff, right? So kind of the sweet spot um, that I'm finding is, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm what's called a D2 in the, in the world of the study. There's a D4, which is like more like a musk. Like he just can't have social order in his life. He can't. Uh, or Steve Jobs, he, he had no friends. Nobody liked him. He was uh, in great solitude. I don't want to quite be there, and I'm, unfortunately, I'm not. So I can kind of walk the line. I still speak farmer, and I found now that if I hire farmers, high-functioning farmers, to run my companies, yeah. uh, I can do very, very well. Um, hunters shouldn't run companies. We we get distracted very, very easily. We're we're um, and we're incredible. You go out in the woods and play Sherlock and that shit and whatever okay. it is. But uh, <laughs> Sherwood, Florida, <laughs> Robin yeah. Hood stuff. But but you know what? You're probably highly attuned to the squirrel in the tree or the 
you know, when something moves, you, you tend to be highly attuned to change. Uh, we're insanely curious. We're always worried that we're going to get left behind due to a change or some evolution of someone else is going to evolve faster than us. So it, it really has helped me um, to, you know, to wrap my head around who I am and realize I'm not really that awful a person. Um, you know, you look at somebody like Hemingway, he had, I don't know how many kids he had. He would just drop a kid and keep moving. I mean, but he, but it, it, almost anybody who excels at, um, really excels has a challenge with re- relationships with fatherhood or, you know, motherhood. They, they, they don't fit that social norm. The social norm is, well, you have kids now, you need to stay home, take care of your kids and go get a job down at the factory and be satisfied with a, you know, the 1500 square foot split level ranch house and, you know, drive your station wagon back and forth to work and drink a beer with your buddy on Sunday afternoon at the barbecue. That's, that's who, but, that, but Adam, Adam, that's who everyone else is. Yeah, true. <laughs> you know, and that's who everyone else is. And like, go to a barbecue with one of your neighbors who works for UPS and see how much you want to kill yourself and the in 15 of, minutes. Perry, Perry, the idea of that. I the anticipation of it. Nope. Yeah. I creates, mm-hmm. creates, yeah, that creates, uh, 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 that creates cortisol. The anticipation of it can, you know, creates a flood of cortisol in your brain, you know? So, but when people realize, when people realize that they're hunters and not farmers, then they can do things to help themselves. They can learn to meditate. You know, we can only meditate well with our eyes open, by the way. I don't know if you ever tried that or not. You can't really meditate well with your eyes closed. If you're a hunter. I sleep. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't know if you, I became a qualified yoga instructor and I've slept yeah. through every meditation ever. And the, yeah. they, they were like, you should try and stay awake longer. I was like, I know it. Meditate with, meditate with your eyes open. Try to focus on an object and meditate. Keep That's your right. eyes open. You'll okay, probably so be able to do it. I found the only place I can, I can meditate in my hot tub with my eyes open. But I'm yeah. not really meditating. I like zone out and then hours go by, which is how I ended up passing. Yeah. That's a separate thing. Well, that's all the weed. <laughs> that's not meditation bro that's called that stank you know uh, it's so called that sticky icky i know where so, you're yeah. at i uh, i wish i wish i, I wish i did i literally i don't even drink alcohol i literally really? yeah i am a uh i'm a zero zero drug user don't smoke i'm not drink. using i'm not drinking anymore right now and i, I never was able to smoke pot because i just fall asleep yeah i like so caffeine and I, sugar I, I need a new drug of choice. I don't know what it's going to be. It's usually been women for me. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's not drug of choice. They're not, they're not cheap, boy. I'll tell you. I think I could be a cocaine addict and come out there. You know? But uh, Dude, I love it. anyhow. So if, if somebody wanted to, you know, learn from you or, or find out more about you or, or, you know, hang out with you and, and not drink. Yeah, it ain't, it ain't really easy. But I'll just give you my phone number. I'll just give you my cell phone. It's the one I keep in my pocket. I give it to everybody. So, and, and if you're an asshole, I just want to answer your thing. You know? <laughs> so, um, it's 512-971-5049. There you go, guys. And, for one, and that's the one you have, right? Yep. Yeah, that's it. And if for yeah. people outside of uh, America, plus one first, just to make yeah. sure. Just text me if there's something I can do to help you, if you think there's something that that you got a good opportunity that I might be interested in. I don't really have anything to sell you right now. And if I did, I wouldn't because I don't feel cool about selling stuff to people that I'm just talking to. So, but I don't have anything to sell, but if I can help somebody or a conversation to me, I always love talking to somebody, especially if they're in a weird business, 
Yeah. Like I, I did a call a few weeks ago with a guy in, in Brazil that owns bagged concrete distribution company. I was so jealous of this guy's business. By the time I got off the phone, I said, dude, I want to, I want to do what you do. I, said, I want to do what you do. Let me plus train companies. I, I got this cool survival company you should own. <laughs> it's funny. You said, I, I, there was a guy the other day I spoke to, I did a console for. He made bricks. But check this. He, he made bricks out of trash and he would compact them to make buildings. So he got paid to take people's trash, has a machine that compacts it into a brick and then sells the bricks for economical. I was like, you get paid to receive materials and then paid. This is the best Dude, business ever. There's a guy in Vegas. You know, I live in Vegas. There's yeah. a guy in Vegas uh, that has a nonprofit, I'm holding my air quotes, yeah. organization <laughs> out about uh, 50 miles from the Vegas Strip. Mm-hmm. And he raises pigs. Yep. Don't upset him. And, and all of the Vegas casinos give him all of their buffet scraps. Oh, my gosh. All of their uneaten food, they donate it to him. Great. He's got 50,000 pigs on a ranch he doesn't have to feed. That's great. That's uh, great. It's brilliant. So and he takes off all that all that waste and you know probably disposes of dead bodies on the side for the mob. The, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. Don't upset us. <laughs> he uh, like, probably gets paid double for that. The closest, yeah. the closest I've got to that, which I'm I'm pretty proud of. Um, for my kids this year, they really wanted to um, to have a Nerf War arena, and so I contacted all the tire companies in the area who paid to get rid of their tires. I was like, just drop them off at my house. I'll keep them. And so we receive. I mean, you get a jillion tires. Yeah, yeah we receive like hundreds of. You know, tires. you're an you're 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 an environmental cleanup site now by the federal right? government. <laughs> I should have set up as a charity, but my kids have this giant. I mean, we dedicated like an acre and a half to a big Nerf War arena. That because I wanted my kid because everyone said build out wood. I was like, my kids are going to get splinters and get hurt. So giant tires, and we built these yeah. corridors and everything. So yeah, super great things. So Perry, you're amazing. I just want to finish off with one thing. What should smart or what do smart businesses do? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, you know, I think the smarter guys like me, if you're an entrepreneur, you think you're really a hunter, you really do do this. Don't try to run your own companies. You know, I think, I think the smartest people I know, you know, really hit their stride when they find a, and, and, you know, there's a difference in a farmer and a rancher. I think like, if I'm looking for a guy who could run a commercial farm, I want a farmer, but I want a great farmer. I want somebody who can run a 10,000 acre ranch running one of my companies. If I'm going to hire the farmer, oh, sorry, if I'm going to hire the farmer mentality. I, I just think that we do a terrible job running companies as a rule. We drive people crazy. We're running, you know, we confuse the hell out of everybody. You know, you need to find, uh, um, I've got, I've got of my six companies, I have three really good CEOs. Uh, and I've got three that are, I've got empty seats right now. So I'm coming to kind of fill in, which I just would rather stick a needle in my eye every morning. Um, and, and I think those ones that are filling in, you know, the ones that are, are there that are great, they, they are farmers that respect what a hunter does. And I think that that's hard. And, and in return, if you're ever going to, do well in business, you better damn well learn how to respect what a great farmer does. Because we think we're so smart and we're so brilliant and we're so whatever. And maybe we are, but maybe we're not, but maybe we are, but it doesn't matter. You can't just constantly stomp on somebody 
and treat them like they're stupid and expect them to perform for you in the long haul. It won't happen. So you got to respect their skill set. They got to respect your skill set. And when you can make that magic happen, which is not always, um, you know, you'll do really well. And I think, you know, one of my buddies um, recently, and, and a guy I've, I've just met in the last year, an interesting guy. So what do you, so you got like 15 companies like me, what, but you seem more chiller. He said, dude, I, I, I haven't, I, I have so many ideas of what I want to do. And I just wait for a pony to come along. Yeah. I don't ever start. He said, you're, you start headless, you, you're raising headless horses. You know, so you got a lot of, you got a lot of companies out there that you start because you feel like it's a great idea and now it's the right time, but you don't have a jockey for that horse. Mm-hmm. And he said, so I just keep my little portfolio of my plans back and I just try to keep, keep myself in the mix and let everybody know that I'm always looking for jockeys. I'm always looking for people to run my companies, always. And I found is, is, is if I really, really, really like them, they're usually terrible. <laughs> because we tend to we tend to like people that are like us. Yeah. And and if and every time I hire somebody, man, I really like this guy. I, and now I hear myself say it. I go, ding, red flag. <laughs> you know, you'd be a terrible person to run one of my companies at. Yeah. I like you. Yeah, thanks for saying you'd, you'd suck at it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be I'd be absolutely terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but I like you. You know, we can't out drink a beer. We can partner up and see if we can find us a jockey somewhere. Find to do something. That'd be cool. Do it. We'll just sit yeah. there and drink and then be like, hey, yeah, you. Hey, you but, but you know what? Those people enjoy that. They, they enjoy uh, solving puzzles. They enjoy uh, making order out of chaos. They enjoy uh, incremental improvements. They really do. Mm-hmm. And, and we don't. Yeah. But if it's, when you learn that you're, you know, you know, you can you can read Wikipedia about that hunter. They, there's a, a whole theory on the hunter hunter farmer brain uh, theory on Wikipedia, and this, it might send you down a rabbit hole. But it it's really um, been the one thing this year that's turned me on more than anything else. I love that, and what I think I really love about that is that you're still at you know 212, whatever it is that you're at, still. 214. Yeah. 214. Sorry, my bad. Uh, but you're still trying to improve and, and still trying to you know, become better and do self-discovery. I, yeah. I love that. And I don't think I used to say that I read 500 books a year. The truth is I buy 500 books a year. <laughs> I, I thumb through, you know, 465 of them. And I, you know, but I, I do read a lot. I read a, I read an incredible amount and I, I study an incredible amount. And I'm, and I'm lucky enough to have, because I've been in the business so long, you know, um, it was hilarious. I was, I was trying to figure out a big problem. We were trying to figure out this problem of where to place opt-ins and how to get the most opt-ins off our blogs. Cause we're getting a couple hundred million dollars, a couple hundred million visitors a year on our women's brands. And we were trying to figure out how to, and we, we were experimenting with all this shit. And then I'd done that for probably three weeks. And we're like, well, let's try this. What's happening there. Let's try this. What's happening there. And one day I'm like, do, 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 do. And I call Syed and I said, dude, yeah. What should I do? And he said, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. <laughs> like, Thanks. And that was it. And we just crushed it, you know, because you, you call it Syed's a friend of ours that owns Optin Monster. So he has the data on, you know, half the opt-ins on the internet, I think. So, you know, if you've got, I got a good Rolodex of people uh, that I can always get answers from. So I'll just call people and interview them and try to bring value to them somehow so they can tell me a little bit about what they do and just try to keep a big network, read a lot. Have you have you read about the guy that started? Uh, uh, I'm probably over time, but have you read about the guy that started uh, TED? He doesn't own it now; he sold it. 
No, I haven't. He's a fascinating guy. I can't think of his name right now, but you should look him up. The original founder of TED. Mm-hmm. He spent one year of his life every year studying something he knew nothing about. Oh, that's cool. And he spent an entire year. That was his whole job. And at the end of the year, he would write a, a book about it and sell the book. And he was very, very successful. But he, he said that his, the secret to his success was no one knew less than he did when they started. Because he would only study things he had absolutely no knowledge of. I, I, I resonate with that so much because it's like you said about that curiosity. I get obsessed and I'm like, I need to learn about this thing. And then I go all into it, um, which actually, and I'll, I'll finish on this because I may have something for you. You may not know this. This is going to be my, it was going to be my wicked smart for, um, for the next war room, but I'll, I'll share it with you. Have you seen intro.co yet? No, I don't think so. I'm going to blow you away. So this is my repayment for what you did for me for AI. Okay. If you've heard of Cameo. Yeah. Intro.co is a new version where you can phone and talk to presidents, vice presidents, and CEOs of major corporations. Like you can talk to the founder of Reddit for a couple of hundred bucks and get them on the phone. Wow. Yeah. You don't get to video. You don't get to save the video, but you get private consultations. Just take your notes. and Yeah. In the last month, I have done one phone call a week with a different person from intro.co. I've spoken to the head of the hustle, the vice president of HubSpot. And they'll go through your business. I just want to talk to the Pornhub guy. <laughs> he's not there, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's not there. But you Can I will... get a job? <laughs> I'll learn to be a farmer. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. I couldn't be the CEO of a company except for yours. I got this. I, I'm looking for a new vice, bud. And I've given up our yeah. Pornhub. <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, Perry, you're going to love it. And for everyone listening, intro.co. Um, I, I'll there's check a, it out. Jordan.Pietro is one of my favorite ones there. He is mind-blowingly good. Um, and, and he, How long do you get for your couple hundred bucks? Um, you pick and choose. Um, so like you, you, it changes depending on how long you want to do. But it's like 15, to half, 15 minutes to half an hour, depending on who. The most expensive I've seen, 700 bucks. Um, you, wow. 150 will get you somebody pretty damn smart. And um, most of these guys have worked with billion-dollar corporations. So the insight they That's give That's fascinating. You, yeah, yeah, I think you'd love that. So that's my, uh, I've given away my wicked smart now, but um, hopefully no one All right. will say it. I appreciate right. it, man. That sounds fun. Yeah, it's really good. The insights have been phenomenal and they've even done introductions for me and like, you know, put me in the right place with people. So on that note, I will leave it there. Perry, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're a busy guy. and My pleasure, buddy. Chatting to you as always. Anything for you, man. Let me know. I appreciate it. And there you go. That's Thanks. it. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. And we'll see you next time on Smart Businesses Do This. Take care. Now, if you're new to the podcast and you want to learn more about how to build a smart business, then the absolute best place to start is with my Smart Blueprint ebook. Over 10,000 people have already gone through the book, and it's one of the most comprehensive resources on strategically building and growing your business that you can find anywhere for free. Just visit the smartblueprint.com forward slash ebook to grab a free copy. And I'll see you on the next episode of Smart Businesses Do This.